This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 85, with your host, Andy. Where is the century in all this? Uh, best costume in a foreign documentary. And Jared. And how do you say Storm's name? Row, 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 row. <laughs> All right, Jared. Andy. It's great to hear from you, man. Yeah, what was at the beginning? The Marvel 616 Politics Podcast. Did I did I stutter? I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I thought maybe you... I, don't, I didn't know what you were doing. I thought maybe you had some chew in your mouth or... <laughs> some chaw. You know, a lot of people here at work do that. So, yeah. I don't, however, because... Why the big league chew? When I first... I don't even do that. I have these little, little trident, like, unwrapped pieces that, mm-hmm. like, just pop in and, you know, to clean my teeth after I eat it like a, like a, like a fake chicken McNugget thing. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. So you don't want all that plaque all over your teeth? No. I went to the dentist this week, and they were very pleased with my teeth. <laughs> They <laughs> were like, Jared, my, you have wonderful teeth. I know. They were like, they're just so nice. Did I, I, say, did I know, right? It... <laughs> I inspect them every day. How often do you floss, sir? I floss at least once a day. Oh, okay. Like with the little uh, toothpick things or with, what do you use? With legit old school like the hard rope stuff. Oh, so you're like cramming your fist in your mouth and stuff. Yeah, well, see, I don't do the top and bottom every day. It's one or the other. Wait, why? It's just so you give your gums a day off? Well, that it takes a while. Do you floss every day? I do in the car on the way here using those little <laughs> convenient stick things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so no well, big... maybe that's what I'll have to start doing. Are you coming here? I mean, floss my teeth in the car. Oh, okay. I was going to say. For it's... 14 hours on the drive to to New Orleans. They will be so clean. Did you see that movie, Hannah, where that lady was obsessed with Kate Blanchett, was obsessed with clean teeth, and her gums <laughs> started bleeding all the time? No. Well... You didn't miss much. But the soundtrack was done by the Dust Brothers, or the Chemical Brothers, whatever they're called right now. So that was good. Yeah. Well, that's actually why I started flossing, was because my gums were bleeding. Oh. And I, I did a Google search, and it said, you might want to floss. And you <laughs> might want to use some mouthwash. And you might want to brush twice a day. Gingivitis. You weren't brushing twice a day? I was brushing twice a day, but I wasn't doing mouthwash or floss. Mouthwash or floss. Yep, so I fixed that baby up, and then the, the the dentist was like, I should have the other girls come in and look at your mouth. It's just so awesome. <laughs> and I was like, I know, right? Yeah, go ahead. I'm done with this. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with you, man? Uh, nothing. I started my uh, MBA courses, so I'm taking accounting, financial and managerial accounting for Masters of Business Administrators is... is Oh, that sounds really interesting. Oh my goodness, it's it's ridiculous, man. Like uh <laughs> <laughs> I've already spent I've already spent like 4 hours this week trying to do it and I just started yesterday. So 
Ugh, like papers and stuff? Well, there will be papers, but it's all like how to keep your accounting books and everything. But I'm not going to be an accountant. What is this? Oh, well, but this will really help with the M6P books. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which I mentioned to you this week. I know you had a lot going on, but I was like, I know he <laughs> he's making delivery runs. However, I need to complain about paying taxes on a microphone. <laughs> that was last week, but yes, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> was it last week? Goodness gracious. It's all running together. Because you didn't pay for the microphone that you bought for the podcast. Is that right? What? I mean, you didn't pay for the taxes on it. I didn't pay. Right? I didn't. I paid sales tax. Yeah. Yeah. But not asset tax for <sighs> our M6P LLC company. Goodness. Yeah. So I had to fill out an asset paper and send it into the county or parish of what we have down here. Uh, and it was like, list all your inventories, list all your assets. So I put microphone. <laughs> and then it was like, when did you buy it? 2009. How much did you pay for it? Fifty four ninety nine. <laughs> and they're like, well, what's the market value now? It was like, zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like nine years if it's the life, if it's a five-year life, meaning I should have replaced this thing. But I like this microphone; it smells good. So, what were the taxes you had to pay on? I don't know. I think that they're gonna. I, I don't know if I filled the paper out correctly. I love those <laughs> things at the end where it's like, to the best of your knowledge, this is filled out correctly and completely. Sign here. And so I do, because I you don't should, know. Next time, you should like put a line through that. And then still sign your name. <laughs> so I put a line, I put the date, and then I initial it. Eh, I changed the binding contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's so silly. Like, I'm just glad that the M6P tax dollars are keeping our country afloat. Yes, yeah. I asked them when I was on the phone with them because I was like, what is this? Because the letter said call as soon as possible to talk to one of our advisors. And so, like, I left messages on four different advisors' phones, and I oh. read them the letter. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, it says right here, and I read that whole paragraph in it. So I don't know how big of a deal this is, but it says to call as soon as possible. So I got two phone calls returned to me. And they were like, yeah, you got, you got to pay. I was like, it's my own personal microphone. And they were like, well, do you use it for the podcast? Yeah, I use it. So uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you got to pay taxes on what you use. I was like, I bought it before we even formed a company. And they're like, ah, it doesn't matter. They said, do you use a computer? I said, sometimes. And they're like, whose computer do you use? I was like, my day jobs. So I, someone else is paying an asset tax on that. <laughs> That's silly. That's so stuff. It's just dumb. I know. I don't get it. I don't get sales tax either, like on used cars. Mm -hmm. I don't get that because they already were paid. Sales tax yeah. was already paid on that. Well, same thing with like eBay. Everything there was used. It was all paid for at one time. <laughs> yeah. Right? Most, right? Most of it's used, right? I mean, yeah, unless you steal something, I guess you should probably pay the tax on it then. <laughs> yes, that's not what I meant. I meant like some people sell new stuff on there. Like my next eBay auction will be stolen lot of comics. Sales tax, 6.5%. <laughs> it's the vernacular. 
Stolen. <laughs> I stole it, but hey, I'm paying taxes on it. It's stolen, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, yes, uh, on our meerkat, no, you can't see me. No, no. They said, wait, we can't see you. No, you're going to be looking at our logo. You're going to be listening to a podcast. This is not a video podcast. You don't want to look at me. It's well, ridiculous. why don't we explain to our friends not on the, the meerkat what exactly is going down right now? Ah, yes. Okay. So, basically, we are going to release this show as normal on iTunes, uh, which would be, I forget what the, bit.ly slash marvel616politics brings you to their iTunes. Um but also, we're doing it live. For those of you who would like to listen live, the unedited, raw version <laughs> of Jared just tearing apart socialism all the time. That's the <laughs> like politics the aspect of it. Red band version of the podcast. The red band version. Let's talk about the. the hey, the Deadpool. Did you see that? I did. Okay. What were your thoughts? The Deadpool trailer. Yes. Now, it do was... they only have a red band trailer? No, there's two. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it was it was like re- it was like watching a Deadpool comic book. <laughs> it really was. I thought so, and with Colossus. I was really surprised how true to the character they were, and how much they. I mean, well, not in this one, but in the teaser trailer, they really let Ryan Reynolds make fun of the studio. I know it was <laughs> scripted, right? Yeah, and I mean, he made fun of Green Lantern and. Yeah, from the studio who literally showed, sewed his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so that looks like a very interesting movie, but it does not look like a movie I'm going to be showing Miss Jacqueline. Well, that, and that's the hard part is because when I, when I read a Deadpool comic, those words aren't in the Deadpool comic. They just, you know, they use different, like, you know, an asterisk or an at sign or an exclamation point or dollar sign. And so you just kind of read over it. But in the movies, he says that stuff. And that's just not, I don't know, I'm not trying to be a prude, but that's just not how I talk. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you, you, you generally vote with your money, right? Sure. Yeah. I, it's, so it's the language, though, that we kind of touched on this last time. It's the language that's... Yeah, the, we, talk, we did talk about that, didn't we? We were like, why is language worse than violence? And Right. Because, I mean, he's going to be blowing apart people's heads and stuff. Yeah. But I watch Walking Dead. That's I, Yeah, I don't get that. That's really gross. I can't do it. I know. We talked about that in our earlier podcast, too. I was, <laughs> I was uh, a friend of mine let me borrow the trade of Outcast, an image comic by Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it's image, so, you know, don't want to talk about this. But That's you watch gross. Walking Dead, which is image as well. So... It's really dark. Like, I couldn't... I used to watch X-Files all the time. Now, nowadays, X-Files isn't considered as dark as some of the other stuff, but I was really grossed out. I couldn't do it. In the comic book? Yeah. Ah, mm. uh, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> not old. I think just... I think people's tolerance levels have changed over the years because the stuff even that you would read in Captain America and Iron Man wouldn't be okay in 1970 no it it wouldn't but i mean would they have the asterisks and everything well if you remember um back in like amazing spider-man 500 which was pretty recent there was a whole big thing about well wait a minute is spider-man a virgin or 
Do you remember that controversy with well, Black he, Cat? He had a kid. Oh, not well with Omit with uh, one last day, one more day. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. yeah. But I mean, like, if that didn't happen, did he save himself from marriage? All that kind of stuff. Gotcha. There was a big. Do you don't remember this discussion, this conversation that was very that vaguely. Yeah, because it was like him and Black Cat. It's like, well, wait a minute, Peter Parker would never do that. And also, there was something over at DC too about um, Wonder Woman, and I believe I don't know. It's DC, whatever. Yeah, I think there's some stuff that is okay to just happen off panel and doesn't need to always be addressed. You know, there's just so many other things that can happen that things can be alluded to or whatever, and then we can just move about our day, I guess. I, I don't read the comic books for that kind of stuff. I think there, that there's such a, uh, um, um, an attempt to make it relevant to life. Um, and I have to admit, like, I'm probably a driving force in this, not myself, but my dollars are a driving force in this because I like the ones where it's not like just fight scenes and I like it when they're talking and it's character driven and there's relationships but you know like you said some of that stuff it's kind of like we can just we can just gloss over this part there can be character development without this sure it doesn't need to be like the defining it's kind of like what we we've talked about you know with um, you know we need you know Iceman is gay now and uh, Kamala Khan is a Muslim and there's nothing that's fine they can be those things but if those attributes are going to be what defines them as characters then it's t- something totally different than what I guess comic books are really about and what do you mean can you I elaborate guess, like what what are they really about then like I think that for a lot of it you know comic books are just to have a good time to read to be you know kind of escape from you know day to day stuff and to read about you know what Spider Man and the Hulk are up to, and you know Spider Man isn't isn't defined by um, his religion or his sexual orientation or his political views or anything like that. So I think that I think that was kind of the hardest part with North Star is North Star was it was and I still think is a great character, um, and there's so many different ways they can go with him. But he's just been pigeonholed into the gay mutant. Like, the, I guess the pigeonhole is the problem. Like, it, it just stinks that he's so defined by um, his sexuality as opposed to um, his character of, like, being a jerk and being um, the Aurora's twin brother and trying to uh, be on Alpha Flight when he hates people, you know, and struggling. At, he's not just a superhuman, but he's a mutant. Like, there's so many things, but he's now just been pigeonholed. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess it's all points back to Marvel trying to be socially relevant. You know, in a, in a, very, in, in a very pointed way. You know, I, I believe DC kind of adds their stuff in there, uh, and they say, hey, from what I've read, you know, I haven't read a whole lot of DC, but, you know, there was the, the first transgender um, character in DC was like, I think it was last year or the year before in a Batgirl issue. And I think they just kind of put it out there instead of driving stories around that. So I think that it's a different way of storytelling, 
Um, it's a different way to incorporate society, and we always talk about this, and we always talk about diversity in comics. Um, but I think that Marvel has, over the course of their entire history, tried to be social, socially relevant um, to whatever the, the social matter or subject is of the day, of the time period. And mm. you can see that with the shift in uh, whoever the X-Men are being or are symbolizing, you know, that month. Sure. Oh, yeah, they're, they're like the symbol for persecution. Right. Now, as much as I, I think that there's probably, there's probably titles that don't do that, you know, like Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos, you know, <laughs> like, and so you, I'm sure there's enough of a, uh, of a diversity of comics out there, different genres and everything for everybody. Um, but I think the rub is when you're your character who only gets one book every five years, you know, once every five years has, you know, is pigeonholed like that. Like if you really like North Star and, you know, you only got to see him when they needed a, a, a homosexual character, you know, yeah, and be like a huge letdown. Sure. And the same thing with Storm, too. You know, like, okay, well, we need an African character. Yeah. Because uh, this, this story takes place in Africa. Well, no. I mean, that makes sense on some levels. But tell me what's going on with Storm right now, you know? And I think that's what Pac did. I think he did a good job. Yeah, anyway, we... what's what's going on with you? Well, this is this is this is the time where we catch up. This is our introduction. I know. How did we get there? I don't know. We we just are dying to talk about these things. It's the politics. All right. Well, I kind of have some big news. Uh, you guys are pregnant. No. Oh. I would be like weeping. What am I gonna do? <laughs> oh my gosh, my life is over. You would be. Don't say that. You would be great. You would be a great dad, and you would love your child. Oh, I told Jennifer, I said, if she got pregnant, we're totally giving up for adoption. I, oh, I'll take your kid. I know. I know you will. <laughs> see, the thing is, I know a lot of people that want our kids, so it's going to be to the highest bidder. Okay. See, that's mm, that, that's more offensive than what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I'm just joking. Why do you not want kids? They... They just are consuming. They are. And they are. there's nothing wrong with that, but I am selfish. Okay. And well, I'm glad we've gotten to this point where you can it, just say <laughs> what's going on. I just, I really enjoy time by myself, and I enjoy time with Jennifer, and I enjoy time with not other people. So I feel like, you know, like right now we can just, and we've talked about this a thousand times. Even though we're only on episode eighty-five, that <laughs> a thousand we times can just get up and go when we want, where we want, how we want, and right. not worry about being responsible for another life. <laughs> you know? Yes. I feed myself. Jennifer feeds herself, and we're good to go. I can't. I can't believe I was so put off by you when I said, <laughs> "Hey, yeah, when you take a vacation, you can come down here and help me do the chores." And you said, "I'm not." Helping you do no chores? <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute. I was going to show you how I live my life. And you're like, I take a vacation to relax. I don't take a vacation to go feed rabbits. <laughs> okay, and that put you off? I was sad. I wanted to share that part of my life with you. 
Oh, I mean, like, I'll look at you doing that stuff. I'll look at you doing that. But how would you feel if I invited you up here and then I was like, yeah, I'm bringing you up here so you can work? That's not a vacation. If it was like a project where we worked together and we got to know each other more. Well, I know you. manual labor. See, and I would much rather be in a car with you on the driving to Chicago dressed up like Spider-Man. I would much rather get to know you that way than work. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking tea with dirt in it, mind water. Oh, the mind water. I <laughs> <laughs> did you well, you sure got to know me a lot when we when we uh did karaoke, so. Yeah, I mean there's karaoke. I mean, when we, you and I get together, we have fun. I don't see why we have to work. <laughs> I equate work with fun. Do you really? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and see, and that's why you have 3.5 children is you can can have them work at the fields for you while you and I go to the comic book store. (laughs) It's like a good combination. I can only have one work in the fields for me because there's only one that's a boy and I can't even let make him work in the fields. Why can't the girls work? They're girls. Girls just want to have fun. Oh, so do boys. <laughs> I thought you were going to break into song. I set it up for you. No, that's that's a silly... I'm put off by that answer. <laughs> <laughs> that I wanted you to sing or that no, they're... That, that because they're females, they can't work in the in the yard. Oh, no, they do. I had Felicity... Man, it's been like 105 down here. It's been oh. crazy. And so I said, Felicity, I need your help for half an hour. She's like, outside? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And so she, I had to fix the chicken uh, <laughs> roosting poles. <laughs> so, so we went out there, and she was like, do I have to touch that? That's gross. I was like, no, I'll get it. So, but she had to hold these things. So it was good. But I made her go out there. She enjoyed it. it was, it's good to work with somebody. You get to know them. But you can do that at the arcade. You, you can't do that at the arcade. You can hey, do man, you got another quarter. For real, like if you and I are playing the X Men video game from the the nineties, okay, like, and you're Dazzler, okay, like we're gonna bond. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I know when I got, I got to know you when we played the trivia game and I beat you and I saw your reaction and you're still pretty hurt. So I know. Oh my god, <laughs> I've let it go. <laughs> what the first time I beat you? Oh my gosh! I how did we even get here? I had news to share, and now you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You, you guys are from work at my house. <laughs> What's your news? <laughs> okay, so uh, if if you've ever listened to the podcast, you know that I'm a big Tina Turner fan, and every year there is a Tina Turner weekend in Nutbush and Brownsville, Tennessee. That's where she's from. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Well, just so you know, because I don't know who's on Meerkat listening. I This is all new to me. There's a total of eight people. Oh, we've increased. Well, I'll keep talking about Tina. And we're <laughs> Everybody loves Tina Turner. <laughs> and so there's... She's there's, simply the best, if, there I, you go. if I may. She, the last weekend in September is the Tina Turner Heritage Days. And um, Donovan Marcel is a Tina fan and a, a good friend of mine. Got it. And 
he was invited to dance on stage with Tina three times in 2000. She saw him in the audience. He, he went to like 26 shows. And so he knew other choreography and was always in the front rows. And she called him up. Now, this is the guy that I saw on YouTube, right? Yes. And yes. this is the guy who I thought looks like you a little bit? Except he's black. What? Maybe not. Maybe and not. has a buzzed head. No. Okay. All right. So, so no. He looks like my son. Got it. Oh, I'm going to let him know that. No, I thought maybe. Okay. Not maybe a, they called not... him up and the guy pointing next to him was like really excited. And I thought that was you. I said, was that you? And you were like, no, I wasn't there. Go on with your story. I'm sorry. Thank you. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. And uh, so he's kind of a big deal in the Tina circles, if you will. Well, sure. he got invited to sing this that weekend. He's going to do a 45-minute Tina tribute. And one of Tina's dancers, Furley, is going to come in and dance with him. She's going to be one of his background dancers. Now, that's one of your favorites, right? Yeah, Furley, she's, we've been to see her shows in Cincinnati, and we've met her backstage, and uh, she got us tickets and, and all kinds of stuff. She's really awesome. And Donovan needed two more dancers, and he asked me to be one, too. What? So, I know. So I'm going to get to perform with Donovan and Furley for the Tina Turner Heritage Days. That's amazing. I'm, like, psyched out of my head, man. So wait a minute. This is the last weekend in September? It is. Okay. All right. And it's in it's in Nutbush and Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can, but I would have to buy a ticket and everything. You don't need to come. <laughs> <laughs> you just come and be like, we should do some work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go build the stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, no! <laughs> I can't. I gotta dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. Well, you should be. That's amazing. So yeah. how did he get in touch with you? How did Is it this Facebook thing? Oh, well, Donovan and I are friends. I mean, we text back and forth. I uh, flew to Texas and hung out with him for a week. and He didn't we, make you work? No. We did karaoke and stuff. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah, he's a good friend. He's a very good friend, and... Uh, he knew I always wanted to do something like that, and and I mean it's with Furley. Furley's awesome. So you've you've met her like several times or no? Three times I've met Furley. Once okay. we waited at the tour buses, <laughs> like so they couldn't get on their bus without seeing us. And then <laughs> um, I contacted her through Facebook because she was gonna she was doing a um, it was called Nuclear Cowboys, and it was a mix of pyrotechnics and a uh, choreographed dance and motorbikes. It was a very interesting show. And she played the main villain, and they were going to be in Cincinnati, and I said, I'd love to come see you. And so she got us free tickets, and uh, we got to meet her afterwards. And then the next year she came through and got us tickets and tickets for our nieces and nephews. So we took them and got to hang out afterwards as well. So she, she's just oh, awesome. She's a great, great Christian girl, and... Uh, if you ever watch any like Billboard or Grammy Award shows, she's often one of the girls that when people are announcing the winner that she moves you off the stage. Oh, okay. Yes, I, I've heard tell of these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never watched an award show. <laughs> what? You're like 32 years old. How have you never watched an award show? I... 
I don't know. I I don't. I've never. I don't know. I've never been interested. Okay. Are they fun? I don't think they're they're all that fun, right? Well, I'm, it just depends on what you're into. I mean, if you're into work, then no. <laughs> if you're into leisurely watching people sing music and get awarded for who's the best, then yeah. Uh, best costume in a foreign documentary. No, that's boring. And that, the I, award goes to. Like I said, the Billboard or the Grammy Awards. Those are. I don't know music. what the Billboard is, but the Billboard, the Billboard, <laughs> the Billboard charts. Yeah, no, I don't know what that is. And you were playing music for people. You should, if you don't know what the Billboard charts are, you have no right. I was listening today to uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of these people? Yes. Good, good. I was listening to their album Plans. It's very, very soothing, mm-hmm. very touching. Talking about love is watching someone die. It was rough. Mm. Is there a story to go with this? No, that's it. I just oh. couldn't. I, I. It was very difficult to concentrate on you know inside sales targets while I was listening to this tear, <laughs> tearing up. So. <laughs> well, so are we up to fifteen listeners now? Oh, I'm sure we are. Well, so what's new with you? Oh, just doing work on my master's. We're on the road to adopting our foster son. And uh, so that's a, a long time. We'll have to wait. But eh, it's it's good. We're trying to make sure that we don't get our hearts broken. But we will if he ends up going back. But you know what? We want what's best for him. So Sure. Um, and... Let's see what else. The girls went back to school, which is homeschool, which they're having a blast. So they never left the house. <laughs> right. They went downstairs to school. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's the same stuff. I, I fixed my mower, and then it broke again. So there's that. I think I'm going to wait until next year to fix it because it infuriates me. So, so. so you're not going to mow the grass until next year? We're either going to push mow it or use the tractor. We're not going to use the zero-turn fun mobile. Mm. Oh, it's like a big one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's 42 inches. No big deal. Ugh. You should get one of the girls out there with those old school, you know. Like no chop electric. ones? That yeah, like, yeah. The ones yeah, from yeah. Pete and Pete? Yes. Yeah. You're right. I should. Here, run it off. You're going to go fight? You're going to argue? Go mow the lawn. There you go. Get three of them, send them all out there, and your little man can just watch them. <laughs> we do call him little man. It's great. <laughs> He's so cute. Well, I know you can't use names and stuff. Yeah, that's oh, true. Little man is good. Little man. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you, so, but you did tell me that, you know, after the process is finalized, you might name him Jared. I didn't. I did not tell you that. If you I didn't. told you that, it's an error. I, I thought you did. I it's an error. I thought it was like going to be the middle name. No, no, no. The middle name is going to be Aloysius. But Jared Aloysius does not sound good. Oh, Jared Aloysius Kirby, and you could call him Jack. <laughs> what is your hey? What is your opinion on renaming the child? He's he's five months old. If we get him, he'll be about a year. Um. What's your opinion on that? Yeah. It's your property now. Pro- wow. <laughs> wow. That's terrible. 
terrible. No, it's your kid, and you get to choose what clothes they wear, what food they eat, what bed they sleep in, what they watch on TV. Why can't you choose what they are called? Well, I'm sure we can, but I feel like... I think it'd be tough for everybody at church and everything to call him something different than his name right now because they're all getting used to it. Um, but that's be... what life. That's with everybody that ever changes their name. I mean, at some point in time, people had to start saying Cher or Madonna or Prince. <laughs> I guess that's true. And they were adults. <laughs> their whole life. Um, so he's a junior. That's that's one of the problems. He's a junior. He's a who? He's a junior. His his name is blah, 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 junior. Yes. Okay. But that might not be his real father, who he's named after. Yeah. So, like, then he's not really a junior, right? No, unless you name him junior. And see, there's, like, I kind of want, if we were going to rename him, I would want it to be, like, symbolic of, like, an adoption. You know how, like, God adopts us we have the right to become children of god type of thing Mm -hmm. so i was thinking mephibosheth (laughs) because david said all right well who's related to king saul and the only guy still alive was mephibosheth and he let him eat at his table and he said you're gonna be my family and the guy thought he was gonna go and get killed and david said no no i love you 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 come in you know well, how about David? I don't know. It's you got to like the name, and it's got to fit the child, you know. Yeah, he doesn't look like a David or a Mephibosheth. Well, we call him Methy. Methy, there you go. Not Methy. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you call your kid Methy. I think we should name him Filbert. Ugh. <laughs> like the nut. No. Why not? Phil. Is such a white name. <laughs> no, it is not. Philip is very white. Are you saying <laughs> there's some names that are white, and there's some names that are black, and there's some names that are Latino? That's just how they are. And then there are so, some names that okay. Are let me tell you a quick story here about Latino name. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Remember, we're live. We cannot edit this. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. Okay, we are live. Um, no, this is fine. Jackie said, well, what about Mateo? And I was like, yeah, we could do Mateo, but if you're going to do Mateo, why not just do Matthew? And she was like, why? And I said, Mateo is the Latino version of Matthew. She said, it is? (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) Andy, this woman is teaching your children. I don't, (laughs) I don't think that, I don't. I don't like the idea of having black names and white names and Latino names. If he looks like a, you know, a, like a, like a Francisco, you know, do that. I don't think he, I've seen him. He doesn't look like a Francisco. <laughs> I think he should be called uh, either Jack William, which unfortunately my sister named her child Jack William. That was on the table for when we were still having kids. We were like, oh, if we have a boy, we'll name him Jack William. And then my sister had a child named Jack William. Did Did you tell her your sister this? Did I tell her that's what I wanted to name my kid if I had a boy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so she stole it. No, she can have it. I can have it too, though. Why not? Well, she's... You can, but that's rude. 
<laughs> you can't, but that's rude. Hey, I'm gonna, I really, you know, if I ever buy another car, I'm gonna buy a red Jeep. And then you're like, guess what? Buying a red Jeep. Oh, sucker. Yeah, that's sucker. rude. I don't feel that way about it. It's fine. Was it Jack? What? Wait, your sister, Becky? Uh, Abby. Okay. Well, see, I don't know her, so. Well, yeah. She's a little, she's a little sass and a half. Mm, sounds like a baby name stealer. Yeah, she is a baby name stealer. <laughs> so I told her Aloysius for her next child. There you go. Yeah. Aloysius Memphistecoles or whatever you said. I did not say Memphisto. You, you like, we want to name our kid Methy Memphisto. No. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We, I was thinking Joab. I like that. Because right. the, the Lord is my God and he was one of David's mighty men. Yeah, but that's... That's, like, not what you should do. (laughs) Okay. All right. This is Marvel 616 Politics. This is a comic book podcast. (laughs) We will get there. (laughs) You can visit our website at marvel616politics.com. It's amazing. It's an amazing website. Go there. Um, You can follow us on Twitter, at 616politics. You can... Is that it? No. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. You can hit us up on YouTube and Instagram under marvel616politics. You can also interact with us by giving us a call and leaving us a message at 616-755-TINA. That is correct. We have a message. Would you like to hear that now or go into our sponsors? Yes, let's go into our voicemail, and then we'll hit up our sponsors. Okay, now, did you listen to this voicemail? I did, and this is from Steven Flores, and he also Facebook messaged me because he told me he lives out in the sticks and was afraid that it would not record properly. Yes, so we may have to edit this a little bit because it did not record totally properly, but we'll try to get as much in there. Hey, Andy. Hey, Jared. Um, This is Steven Flores. I just had a question about... Uh, battle world um, with the stories going on I couldn't really tell I, I can tell that the characters know that there's other parts of the planet that have people on them uh, I can't tell that they know that the people on other parts of battle world so I, I tried to reread the uh, main books and everything and try to go through Articles by uh, Okay, this is kind of where it breaks up. So, all right, what okay. did what did Mr. Flores mean? Oh, what Stephen uh, sent me was he said on Battleworld. I know that the characters are aware of other lands on the planet, but are they aware that they are comprised of alternate versions of themselves? I tried to reread the main storyline and subplots in other books, and it doesn't seem clear. Have any writers addressed this? So that's a good question. We we talked about this, um, I think, two podcasts ago. Yeah, We touched on this. Um, yeah. Axel Alonso did an interview with our friends over at Comic Book Resources, and he stated that they do not know about each other, that uh, for every, uh, say there are ten apocalypses, those ten apocalypses are not aware of each other. Well, that can't totally be true. Like, some of them are aware that there's multiples, obviously. Yeah, I and and when you look at places like the Quiet Room and uh, the various heads of each battle world getting together, there has to be some 
point where they see that there's another Mr. Sinister or something like that. Yeah, because even the ghost racers and everything, the ones that live in Doomstadt, Doomstadt. Yeah. Um, you know, they know, and then, yeah, like the Barons, the Maestro knows. You know, there's a lot of different people who know that there's multiples. The Thors obviously know. Um, the people who see the Thors may not realize it, but, you know, some of them are all the same person. Um, so some people, so Steve, uh, to answer your question, some people do know, and like, you know, Logan's finding out and old man Logan, um, there was a, either a journal or a battle world story where one of the punishers got killed, right? Yes. And I think Logan made a reference to that and like killing a punisher is always difficult. So, you know, he knows that there's different well, that was in reference to a group of people called the Punishers. I don't think that was. I I thought that... I know there is a group of people called the Punishers in the Old Man Logan story, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. But I think that this was... He... Logan in this case, or Stephen or something, or maybe it was... Well, didn't he kill Stephen Strange, or were they together? Stephen Strange and Punisher were together, or something I, like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was the Punisher had Doctor Strange's powers. Okay, all right. So it wasn't Stephen; they weren't melded together like brother voodoo or something. I, I mean, it was just such a short story; you had to just assume something. Okay, all right. Well, to answer your question, some high level people do. Um, it if you look at it like this, if you look at it like um, uh, a good metaphor would probably be. We know that there are other continents, but that's because of our education level. Um, there are some tribes, let's say native tribes in South America and Africa, that may not know of other continents, but they know there's other types of people. Um, there may be some people in Africa or Latin America or, or South America who have no idea that World War II ever took place because it just never touched their their uh, their culture so if you look at it like that then the higher up on the knowledge scale in battle world if uh the people who are at the very top who run the whole planet they obviously know that there's multiples um the people that are kind of sent as enforcement and governing bodies uh over uh their domains may or may not know and then the people underneath them it's kind of a need-to-know basis. Not everybody is friends. Like, I'm not friends with the president, so I don't know everything that's going on with between him and Vlad. So the same thing goes with our superheroes. Carol Danvers may not know, you know, what's, what's all going on in her neck of the woods um, because she may not be friends with the, the Baron over there. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Well, thanks. I mean, I thought World War II bringing that in. I mean, obviously, that's the best way. Well, yeah. And the other part is that because <laughs> of the Thors, the Thors enforce that the realm, like, you don't go from zone to zone. Like, you stay within where you live unless you're permitted access to the quiet room to travel. Uh, so they're so confined to their areas that there isn't a whole lot of opportunity to learn about other places. Can you can you explain to me exactly what the quiet room is? Uh, the, I don't think I get it. The quiet room seems to be similar to like a bar, just like a bar, a hangout place. 
yeah. for the elite of the various regions to come and chill. Is it on Doomstat? I believe so, yes. Okay. All right. See, there's there's a bunch of them that take place. But see, some of them, another question would be, do they know about the shield? Do some of them just think it's a wall? Do some of them think it's a barrier that you're not supposed to cross? Do they think that there's stuff on the other side that you're, they're not supposed to get to? Do they know what it is? Like the people on the wall, um, Abigail Brand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she obviously has to know that there's multiples out there of people. Well, maybe she doesn't. I don't know. Maybe she just says, all those people, I have to protect them. Who knows what's out there? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. So it seems like those people that have a, a better working knowledge of the infrastructure of the uh, and the mechanics of the world have a higher likelihood of knowing that there's duplicates and triplicates out there. Yeah. And, and you know, you're seeing, if you're reading various titles like um, uh, Captain Marvel, Marvel and the Carol Corps, uh, Old Man Logan. You're seeing that some of those things are people are starting to discover. There are things awry, and there are other people that look similar to them going on on the other sides of these walls. It's very interesting in light of Secret Wars number five, which we're going to get into. But we are sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. The best place on the interwebs to get your books. Order them. Any book that you care about, which would be the Marvel books, the 616 books, the 1610 books, or 1016 books, my bad, whatever. 1610, <laughs> that's what it is, my bad. Um, they are going to be 40% off. So, yes, brick-and-mortar stores are fun. If you need somebody to hold your hand and say... What do you like? Oh, well, then you would like this as well. Then go to your brick-and-mortar store. Um, that's what they offer. But DCBService.com offers you better prices. For those people that know what they want and they want more, DCBService.com. Very good. I like that commercial. Yeah, thanks. I'll you can also it. say for... If you want to go into a retail store and have guys look at your wife, go to the retail store. Jackie doesn't come in with me, but but does Jen come in with you? Uh, I can probably count on one hand how many times she's come in with me, because it's weird. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But then she went one time to buy me a Christmas gifts, and she was like, they're so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Like... They usually won't even greet, say hello when I come in the door. But then I paid, uh, and I, he saw my credit card, and he said, Your wife, she really tall? I said, Yeah. Man, you are a lucky man. <laughs> how, I old, know. how old is this guy? Yeah, I, I know, Mr. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't let her come in here. <laughs> that cracks me up. I'm afraid you might steal her from me. Okay. I, I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah, this is definitely not worried about that. Unless you're talking about kidnapping. That's something different. Yeah, like, go to dcbservice.com. They don't kidnap. There you go. (laughs) I love it. We'll have to contact our friends over there and see if they want to put that as their their title. Their their motto, their slogan. Yeah, because we could get residuals. We could. Come to DCBS, where we don't kidnap. And then we'll pay taxes on that phrase that we... 
Right, because it's an asset. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. Their website is crpsavings.com. And Community Retail Partnership is a discount membership program for all of your needs at Office Depot and Office Max. It works like any kind of rewards card, except you save when you use the membership. Whether you're purchasing scissors, paper, glue, anything from Office Depot or Office Max, you'll take your items to the register, scan your CRP membership, and the discounts automatically appear. It also works online as well. So feel free to check them out. For $39, you get a lifetime membership, never ever expires. You can use it online and in stores. So check out www.crpsavings.com. We're also sponsored by Michael Webb Solutions. Their website is michaelwebbsolutions.com. Yes, Michael Webb Solutions is run by our third uh, jalapeno, Darren. (laughs) What? Why not? We're all kind of spicy, you know? I guess so. He's got a big mane. (laughs) I said a nice mane. A nice big mane. (laughs) Uh, MichaelWebSolutions.com is the place that you want to use if you're looking to boost clicks on your website, if you need your website redone, if you're looking for a larger internet presence. Um, For all of your SEO work, MichaelWebSolutions.com is the best place to go. Uh, they work with accounts from, like I said earlier, a strawberry festival to a trucking company to a mall and uh, a t-shirt printer. Like they literally specialize in almost everything. And MichaelWebSolutions.com is the place that you want to check out for for great affordable SEO work. Fantastic. All right. So, is there anything else before we start to talk about our? Uh our issues this week well we just want to make sure that we thank steven flores for calling in that was awesome and we also uh thanks for the follow-up too so we knew exactly what you're talking about and uh jason edwards just sent me a message that he's been typing calling 616-775-TINA (laughs) (laughs) 755-616-755-TINA yes t-i-n-a you just sent me a funny picture that says, oh. (laughs) So next time, Jason, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, man. All right. Well, that brings us to our current events. Current events. All right, current events. We're going to hit two issues this week. Before we uh, do our State of the Union, and you're going to surprise me with all the fab-tabulous news that I've missed. Uh, Secret Wars number five, and then House of M number one. Um, Secret Wars number five, I'll just run through it very quickly. And then you can tell me how much you love this issue. Okay. Okay. Uh, We are opening at Stephen Strange's funeral. And so Dr. Doom and the Future Foundation and all the Thor core are there. And they erected a statue of him right next to the Molecule Man statue, actually. And um, kind of do the eulogy. Um, Doom is none too happy and neither is the Future Foundation. And so we it's it's really a quick read, um, but the art is fantastic. And if you look at the cross hatching on it the shading it's uh it's pretty interesting it looks like some of this was not inked um but that's neither here nor there so after the funeral 
We get Valeria talking to Doom in this world. That is her father. And she's kind of questioning, kind of like, you know, people tend to question God, which is not bad. It's kind of like, I don't understand if you're all powerful. How did this happen? Um, and she says, I mean, really, who escapes the judgment of God in a situation like this? And Doom says, no one has escaped anything, Valeria. And uh, she says, well, if I'm going to find these people, I need to know what I'm up against. And then there's kind of a pause, and he says, undying love and eternal patience are not the same thing, child. Do not confuse them. Which, I, man, when I read this, I read it in different voices in my head. It was fantastic. <laughs> it, it really was. I love doing that. I, I love reading it in different voices. So then he... Uh, Doom goes into a little area that he created that no one else is around. Um, and it kind of goes back and forth between him talking to uh, Molecule Man. What is Molecule Man's name? Reese? Owen Reese. Owen Reese. And what is his power there, Mr. Jared? He can control molecules. He is just kind of like Wanda, but actually physical instead of magic. Yeah, and Wanda never used to be like she is now okay gotcha so before house of m yes. is or is it, you're saying that house of m changed her well yeah avengers disassembled she just yes. became like this huge godlike entity and she used to just have you know altering powers gotcha okay so he's in this little area he's talking to owen reese owen reese has lost his mind it kind of goes into um it talks about what happened at the end of Avengers before um, Secret Wars started. And uh, either it's New Avengers or Avengers, and it talks about Doom, Reese, and Strange um, facing the Beyonders. And it talked about how they sent... The Beyonders decided to create, but they wanted to make sure that they could kill everything off if they got tired of it, so they decided to create Owen Reese through the entire multiverse, and he was kind of like a time bomb. And to control this, Doom and Reese started going to each dimension or each multiverse, each universe in the multiverse, and killing that time bomb. And then they needed more people, and so they that's what the Black Swans are. So this is a good recap. Um, but every time Owen Reese was killed, um, he goes a little bit more crazy. And so they have this whole army of Owen Reese, and they go and they destroy... Uh, the Beyonders, but they steal their power to create, and that's where Battle World came from. So Doom is telling him that Stephen Strange is dead, and uh, <laughs> Reese says, "Well, won't that be exciting? You know, like to see who uh, who goes next." Um, he's he's kind of hinting that in his madness, well, things are uh, things are going to start to unravel here. And we kind of see that, you know, you, we talked about how last uh, last episode we talked about um, the delays in the in the in the whole story and the whole um, whatever it's called, not epic, but you know the whole crossover crossover. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so there's been delays of the main title, which has kind of had ripple effects because this is one of their biggest things that everything is supposed to connect. Um, but not Deadpool Secret Secret Wars. So we start to see how things are unraveling. And did, if you did, you read um, 
Kitty Pride, Star Lord and Kitty Pride number two? I did. Okay, so that kind of ties into where it says that I'm on a mission. I'm trying to find, you know, uh, objects out there that are to prove that this world wasn't created. We're trying to put a lid on it, you know, sent by the Future Foundation. Um, so it it does start to. We see that scene next, where Valeria sends out people to go find out. I think it's interesting that they have uh, Tesla here. Hickman is really bringing in, and Nostradamus too, Hickman is really bringing in everybody he has ever written. So there's people from his S.H.I.E.L.D. book, and he's bringing in all the ideas from his um, FF and Fantastic Four book. I haven't seen many people from Secret Warriors, though. Right? Yeah. Um... So now we see where they were all scattered from last issue. Um, somehow this female Thor, I don't know what book that was in, but the female Thor kind of ended up with the Thors. Do you know what book that's in? Well, I mean, all, all the, everybody was dispersed when Doctor Strange did it, and she got connected with the Thors. Does Do we know anywhere? Does it show them how she got connected? No, it's kind of like the other, the other little snippets in secret wars number five you know where they see carol at sinister bar and stuff like that thanos shield yeah i kind of thought that but she she showed up earlier and she was readily accepted whereas these other people obviously aren't and so that's where i was a little confused well i'm thinking probably because she looks the part yes she's dressed and she's got that mask on so yeah uh so then they show um not Apocalypse, I'm sorry. What's the dude's name? Thanos. <laughs> and, man. Uh, and we find out, or, or uh, you know, Valerie says we have to find out what they want, and then we have to find out why God is so uh, scared of them. And you see Thanos looking at the shield. And it's pretty interesting. Like, uh, he, he, do you think he's going to tear that down? He's going to just punch a hole through it and let the invasion happen? I really don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you, yeah, let's talk about number one, what do you think of the issue? And then number two, what do you think is going to happen from here in the series? Oh, okay. Well, um, I thought the book was good. I I mean, I know I, I texted you about it and I said I felt like this was the weakest of the five, but I didn't think it was bad. Gotcha. I think the whole, this is, like I said, last podcast, this is for me comparable to, the original Civil War in 2006 because I, every issue of Civil War was good. It made sense. It flowed. I loved it. And this has been really quality and it's been really, really good art and writing. Um, it just didn't seem to progress the story as much as the first four books. And so that's what kind of made it drag for me um, because a lot of it was, you know, let's talk about how the world came about. Um, you know, pages uh, dealing with, you know, molecule, molecule man living underground, being hungry from his head to his eensy weensy toe, that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. so what, what, what don't you like about that stuff? Uh, I want to see the story move along, keep going. Uh, I've never, I have never enjoyed this whole Beyonder thing with the various Beyonders and, and all that stuff. I didn't enjoy that stuff in the Avengers and the new Avengers title. So then here, you know, there's no reason for me to really enjoy it either. I just don't really care <laughs> for some reason. I just don't connect with them. 
Okay. All right. See, I looked at this as like another piece of the mystery. Like we we jumped ahead. We don't know what happened. Now this is telling us a little bit of what happened, and then giving us a little bit of the design of where we're going. So it's setting up a a uh, system of control, and then we're going to see that system of control unravel. Yeah. Well, I knew that you would reading this. I was like, this is right up Andy's alley. <laughs> So I, I thought the, I guess my two things with it was, I just love this art. It's so great. But some of the lack of inking makes it look, some some parts look sketchy. Yes. As opposed to crisp and tight and sharp lines. Uh, like when they were doing the inside of Dr. Doom's cape in the first couple pages, you could just see where he was coloring with his pencil and then they just made it dark. Like, that should be an all for me. I would have enjoyed like an all solid black, and I know that's kind of picky, but well, no, I mean that may have something to do with their uh, their d- delays. They couldn't get to it. Who knows? Yeah, and I guess the other part is when you see the Thors appear in all the other titles, all the side titles, they're all different Thors. Whether it's a Storm Thor, or a Groot Thor, or Beta Ray Bill, or Ultimate Thor, or whatever, but in the Secret Wars proper book. The Thors all look the same. Yes. And I don't really... I don't know if that's an artistic uh, discrepancy between what is going on in the rest of the domain. And he's like, oh, I guess I probably should have drawn Thors looking a little different. But those are my only two, three criticisms. So do you... Just the inconsistency? Or do you wish that it looked... Do you, do you wish that it was consistent across different books... Or do you have a preference of which way it should go? Well, yeah, it's inconsistent because there are so many there are so many Thors that they don't all look they don't all look alike in any other book. They don't look there aren't like two Thors that look alike because they're all from various dimensions and have different backstories and you know. So then when you look at the main book that everyone is reading and they're all the same, it just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, I have two thoughts on that. One is. I assumed that those were the outliers that we saw and that the people in the non-main book um, were saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I drew a Thor that did this? So I, I thought that when we when we see these Thors, basically most of them all do look alike and act alike. And I then... Gotcha. and uh, But then the second thought is, do you think that Hickman... He's not necessarily huge on character development. Uh, he's more huge on theme and plot. Um, do you think that he's just, when you see a Thor, you're supposed to think um, a mechanism for enforcement, and so they're all the same? You're supposed to get the same message every single time. This character is a mechanism for law enforcement, and it doesn't matter if he's an individual or not, but I think that kind of icon displays that message very quickly to the reader so that they don't have to say now what's going on with this story like what's the backstory why is he a little bit different you know Mm -hmm. that's kind of i just assumed that and i guess i and i didn't even think of that i'd assumed it was artistic license that it wasn't really even necessarily anything to do with hickman but it could be he know. may have gotten started on this book a long long time ago whereas the new the the uh, tie-ins are are happening you know, at a quicker pace. Yeah. But it was a good so, book. 
Yeah, what do you what do you think is going to happen from here? Because I mean, we kind of saw okay, issue one, we saw how they got here. Issue two set up the kind of the system. Issue three um, and four was kind of the the wild card. Issue five is um, kind of flashback background, and uh, judging by the cover to issue six and beyond, I mean, things don't look good for our heroes here. Well, I think the crumbling is about to start. That uh, Doom's world is going to start falling down because we've got these, you know, 15 or 16 anomalies that are all over the place uh, that don't belong that are going to make the, the... What are the people that run the domains called? The Barons? The Barons. They're going to make the Barons start to question, what is this? Um, you know, his own daughter, Valeria, is questioning what's going on and questioning... In a, in a way, God, um, we're finding out that Doom isn't necessarily the one running the show. It's the Molecule Man. And yeah. so I think things are going to start. The cracks have come about in this issue. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, do, you, do you mind that it's longer than six issues? Like, it, obviously, the story is decompressed. It may be, you can make the argument that it's big enough that you need eight issues or nine issues, but do you, I mean, if you could do, if you could do it in six, like, you know, a lot of the other events, then why would you not, right? Yeah. But what do you think? I'm fine with, I'm fine with that. That's not a big deal. I hate that it's going so long because I really, it's, again, it's like Civil War and, and to an extent, Secret Invasion. I can remember finishing the issue on Wednesday and really, really hating that I'd have to wait a whole nother month until another issue came out. That's a good, that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it kind of cheapens it if you're not, I mean, you have all that time for anticipation. I think that's worth something, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. That it's that, that shows you it's a good story because the second you're done, you cannot, it's hard for you to wait a whole nother month. When, um, when Spider-Man was coming out, Amazing Spider-Man during uh, Brand New Day was coming out three times a month. Yeah, it was it was too much. It was it made me appreciate it less. It was like the law of diminishing returns. It was like oh I gotta I gotta read Spider-Man. And but before that it was like, holy cow, what's gonna happen next? Like sure. I I can't. But I hope they do three weeks instead of four weeks. You know. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's just part of our nature is that we and and maybe part of our culture is. You know, we find something we like and we just want more and more and more and more. But then when we get it, we're like, oh, it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. If we would have spread it out more. I was reading this book, uh, Paralandra by C.S. Lewis, and uh, it was very interesting. I won't tell a huge rabbit trail story about it. But um, it's supposed to be like in an, in an Eden setting, and they like take a piece of the fruit and they bite it and they say wow this is the most fantastic fruit i've ever had and they finish it and then they reach for another and they say no i'm satisfied i mean it was amazing but he's you know pointing out that just because it's the best thing you've ever had doesn't mean you need more than you need mm -hmm. and so I, I i think that there's a good balance between um having a great story like i always wonder when they double ship you know like why why are you double shipping? Is it because you're trying to get more money or you're trying to cater to the fans or you're trying to tell a bigger story and you're trying to reach a deadline or or is it just like, well, we were afraid, we're afraid they're going to lose interest. 
Hmm. So, you know, I was probably boils down to the dollar. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, so where do you think things are going? I, um, yeah, I'm having a hard time predicting what's going to happen and being accurate. Um, it looks like he's just going to destroy, um, destroy Battleworld and have it totally invaded by the three forces, whether it be the zombies or whatever, by breaking the shield, somehow destroying that wall, and then having everything flood, and then everybody's going to start crumbling down, or most of the books were going to see that type of thing. And so maybe all the books were heading toward that. <clears throat> kind of tough to say. I don't know. But I think we're going to see... As far as overall theme, we're going to see things start to slip out of control for Doom. We're going to see Reed and his team figure out some way to put it back, some semblance of reality. Um, But I'm very interested in in the mechanics of how this whole thing works. You know, and like we talked about, uh, after this, there's a release of, there's going to be Spider-Gwen, and that's supposed to be Earth-65 or whatever. So obviously there's gonna be different universes. Yeah. So I'm really curious where it goes. Now like it can be a huge fulfilling story and still and and satisfy my curiosity and then I may not be interested after that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the resolution would be like, "Oh, well there's a lot less universes, there's only 100 of them or maybe 52 of them." Um <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, oh, that's 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 a good ending to this story, and then, but that doesn't make me want to read Mark Wade's all new, all different Avengers, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, I don't know, but I am enjoying this book. Yeah. But the the problem is like when this one comes out, I'm like, oh, I gotta read it, I gotta read it. But I'm not like that with any other book right now. No. No. Secret Wars like, is the only one. Yeah. How about you? There are a couple. Yeah, that I definitely look forward to. I, I mean, X-Men 92 is being released digitally. Uh, the 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 Babies, the AVX book. Um, I'm really surprised, but I'm really liking um, Spider-Verse. You are? That's the... Am I, did I say the right one? Is that the one where the the Spider Queen? No, that's Spider Island. Spider Island. That's the you. One you told for. us last time that you hated the idea of Spider Verse. Like, why are we having the? the I Indian... knew I hated one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spider Island is really good. I really like it. Um, the uh, Civil War, of course. That's one that I'm like I got to read it the second it comes out. You know, the second issue really didn't. I was. I, it it lost a lot of momentum for me. Yeah, it was definitely a big build up, and then oh, <laughs> okay, same with. Yeah. But that was the same with like A Force, Age of Apocalypse. They started, or you they they had all this you know hype around them, and they're like, okay, not bad, right? But nothing like to write home about. I'm still interested in Renew Your Vows, but still, it's not like oh, I gotta read it. Yeah. Now, what I've been doing is, outside of the, like, five to six titles that I have to read, or if it's a new number one, like, those I will read when they come out, 
what I've been doing is I'm saving because there's so many titles and I'm trying to read every one of them that's Secret Wars is I'm just saving them until they conclude and then I'm reading issues two, three, and four all together because it's I'm finding it hard to keep up and remember what's going on from week to week when I'm reading you know 30 titles, 40 titles. Yeah. Yeah, that, that can be difficult. I yeah. know that you are the expert at that, but I'm. this is new for me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time, actually. It's like I picked up, like, Future Imperfect. Like, what, what what's going on? I haven't read issue one for a while. I'm just going to hold on to these other four or five issues and just read it together so I get the story. Future Imperfect is pretty good, and Greg Land is actually really delivering in that, I, I think. I really enjoyed the first issue. It takes a turn. I it you can see how Maestro is definitely going to set himself up. Isn't he in that contest of champions book? Yeah, he's going to be coming over to the six one six. Yeah, so yeah, it, that's kind of interesting. So, all right, why don't you take us into House of M? All right, House of M just came out yesterday. Uh, it is a battle world domain where mutants rule the world under the leadership of Magneto. There's a small superhuman faction that wants to overthrow Magneto, but they're intercepted by the Red Guard, led by Wolverine. Most are captured, but Hawkeye, Misty Knight, and Black Cat escape. The Maximoff kids are having breakfast, but something isn't right with Pietro. Wanda heads off to confront her children, who are defacing property against the House of M, while Lorna confronts her father about Pietro's activities. The issue ends with Pietro making an alliance with Namor to take down Magneto. It was not what I expected. <laughs> what did you expect? Um, I didn't. I expected it was going to be uh, maybe a little bit lighter on mutants. I expected it would be a lot of this Luke this Luke Cage's team, um, and kind of what they were doing, which is really what I didn't want to read about. I wanted to read about what the mutants are doing in the House of M. So I guess the what kind of took me by surprise was the Quicksilver thing. I didn't expect that. Uh, or or the um, it looks like we're going to be dovetailing into a story with uh, Scarlet Witch's kids. So, and the art was so-so. I, I definitely would have preferred to see more about the Red Guard. I want to see, you know, Wolverine and, and Mystique, you know, Marrow all basically running a version of S.H.I.E.L.D. and and uh, stuff that's going on in that, at the House of M. So it wasn't bad at all, It, but it wasn't Secret Wars 6, you know? Yeah. What were your thoughts? I'm totally disinterested in this. It's, okay. I mean, the only... Dennis Hopeless is not a bad writer. He brought in um, somebody from his Avengers arena, Death Locket. Um, that was neat. I like Wanda's kids, but, you know, this isn't... L- Layla Miller wasn't in there, right? Mm-mm. Didn't she have a huge thing to play in, in House of M? She did. Uh, you know, I'm just... I probably won't pick up issue two, because I don't care where this is going to go. <laughs> Why should I care about this Magneto? I think that's kind of an overall feeling I'm getting with a lot of these books, is that we... I, I don't know, maybe we put ourselves under this impression ourselves instead of letting Marvel do it, but we had assumed that books like Age of Apocalypse and and uh, Civil War and House of M, Future Imperfect, 
were going to just kind of be continuations of stories that we loved 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so we, ta- and we talked about this last time, kind of like X-Men Forever, right? Yeah. And, and then we opened the books and we're like, oh, it's got all those characters and a similar storyline, but totally not what I picked up 10 years ago. Yeah, these are just like a bunch of what-ifs. And so you got to wonder if they said, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to do this. They're going to have a what-if in House of M. We're going to have a, a what-if in, uh, you know, Marvel Zombies. But so the books that really are interesting me, and I, I'm going to be, be repeating myself again, are the ones that, that talk about the structure of the world. So Siege, uh, you know, you got to wonder what's happening with the S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies versus Age of Apocalypse is is not interesting at all. <laughs> um, but the ones where they're crossing over, Old Man Logan. Um, you know, it's some of the some of the ones in Doomstat, but some of them are, are terrible. You know, I want to see this thing crumble, and I want to see how it affects the book. I was watching Gilmore Girls last night with Miss Jacqueline. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. terrible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was sitting there and I said, you know what they should do? Like next season, just all of a sudden, they should have a show that goes two and a half seasons and all of a sudden there's an alien invasion. Like it's very character driven, like these characters, you know, they live in a small town and then all of a sudden aliens invade. She was like, what are you talking about? That sounds awful. And I said, oh, it'd be awful to watch, but it'd be like what would happen in real life if that happened. Everybody would have to put their life on pause to do that, to deal with that. And I wonder if that's what's going to happen with some of these books. Like, is there going to be a giant war between the Atlanteans and Magneto? And then all of a sudden we get the Marvel zombies come in because Thanos destroyed the shield? Hmm. Like, are we setting all these books up? And then, like... That is an interesting concept, but these poor writers who would have to deal with that be like, okay, well, we need you to establish a story, and you can kind of hint at something coming around the corner, <laughs> but it's going to take everybody by surprise. It's going to be great. Yeah. Like, that would be awful. But if you don't do that, then how do these books even connect? I don't think all of them are going to. I think a lot of I, them are just one-off short stories. Well, I think you're right. Well, of course. Oh, of course I'm right. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting you brought up Old Man Logan because I thought the first issue was just gold. And then as I read it, it's not. <laughs> it's not well, as it's, much gold. It's not bad. It's just kind of slow, you know? But it's not Old Man Logan. It's everything about Old Man Logan originally that I liked is not in this miniseries. You know what I mean? What did you like originally about it? It was a whole new world that was supposedly, you know, a continuation of the 616 where Wolverine was tricked by Mysterio into killing all the X-Men. And the country was run by various supervillains. And, you know, you saw the Spider-Mobile and he had a wife and he had kids and Hawkeye and the Hulks were running around. Stuff like that. And this old man Logan is just an old Wolverine being thrown from domain to domain. Yes, but that was continuity. This this isn't continuity, right? Or that what? 
that wasn't continuity, but this is continuity. So there's no reason why it would continue. Like, no, but that's what I'm saying. As we talked about, you know, Age of Apocalypse, House of M, those old man Logan. We wanted to, well, I did at least. I wanted to read these. I was so excited because they were going to be like supposedly continuations of stories that we loved and worlds and places that we visited 10, 15, 20 years ago. But then to open up Old Man Logan, it's just him and nothing to do with everything I loved about the original story. Right. Right. And I think that's with a lot of these things. I mean, Extinction Agenda and. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> I blocked that from my head. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're so sad. How's Inferno doing? Is that all right? I really enjoy Inferno. I like okay. it a lot. I read number four uh, this morning. I think it's crazy that the second book I like the most, well, I like Old Man Logan, but one of the ones I like the most is written by Dan Slott. It takes a lot for me to admit. Renew Your Vows? Yeah. Well, I'm interested. I'm interested in that. Scott is a nice guy. <laughs> he does good work. You know, Scott has never called in. I, you know, he he he's got his pride. We've talked to him on the phone, though, right? Didn't we? Or was that a different podcast? I don't. Who would we have talked to on the phone? Didn't we talk to him? I thought he was he. We may have done, the, done an interview show with him. I did an interview show with him. Maybe that was when you were working with those other people. Those other people? You know. Those who will not be named. <laughs> All right, you want to take us to uh, the news? Sure. All right, do it. The State of Our Union. All right, stay the union. Hit me. What's the news, man? What's the skinny? What's happening? All right, we just got a couple things. Nothing too huge. Uh, but the Black Panther costume from Captain America Civil War, the movie, was revealed this past week. Um, a couple pictures escaped of Black Panther scaling a wall and what looked like to be chasing after the Winter Soldier. The costume is, uh, pictures of it are on our Facebook and our, I can't remember if I posted them on our website or not. I don't think I did. And uh, it's very true to the comic book, which is awesome. Just basically a black, uh, black costume with some silver uh, additions on his on his wrists and uh, around his neck, I believe. Uh, so I'm really thankful that they're keeping true to the Black Panther. Were you, you able to take costume? a look at these pictures? I am trying to look it up right now. Oh, Andy, we need to talk about having a Facebook. <laughs> oh, all new and humans, huh? Oh, are we are we done with the Black Panther costume? I'm just I'm scrolling. I'm trying to find these Black Panther costumes. Okay. Well, we. Oh, wait, what is it there? I see Falcon running with Bucky. We also posted pictures, courtesy of JustJared.com, uh, pictures of Punisher. From the Daredevil Season 2 set, John Bernthal from Walking Dead is playing Punisher. And while he's not wearing his skull t-shirt, he still looks very angry and like he's about to kill some people that are kidnapping a dog. <laughs> well, that's that's sad. So, so that was cool because he definitely looks the part of a, a very... Uh, 
vigilante like angry person uh in comic book news all new inhumans was announced it will be comprised of crystal and gorgon as the classic inhumans team up with some newer generation inhumans they will be uh, investigating these spheres that have landed on earth that amplify the inhumans powers are you interested in this at all? Not in the slightest. <laughs> Who's writing it? Charles Soule. Is he... So, isn't there an Uncanny Inhumans book? There is now... There are now six books that will be starring Inhuman characters. Okay. We'll, we'll give, them, give them to me. All new Inhumans. We'll have Uncanny Avengers. Karnak. Ms. Marvel. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and Uncanny Inhumans. Okay, so who's writing Uncanny Inhumans? Is that also Charles Soule? Uh, off the top of my head, I do not know. So are you excited about this title? No. Uh-uh. Why would I be, you know? I mean, it's like, who are these characters, right? And we've tried so many new characters who have not caught on. And they're just trying to beat a dead horse here, and I don't... I mean... I guess in one way it's good. It'll free up some of my time. And your wallet. And my wallet. I I understand there's a movie coming out. I get it. But. Yeah, but that's way down the line, right? Yeah, 2019. I just don't know that the market. I mean, what data are they looking at that the market says we want to have six books starring these characters when the Inhumans have really only ever been able to support a miniseries, you know? Isn't, do you, I mean, it all just boils down to Fox owning the rights to mutants, right? Yeah. Doesn't it have to be that? Yeah, they need their version of the X-Men, and that's what they're turning the Inhumans into, which stinks! Yeah. Is this guy in a wheelchair in this cover? Or is he just standing? Andy, I cannot see you. I cannot see your computer screen, Andy. As this is a audio podcast, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm looking at the cover to the all-new Inhumans, and it looks like uh, they have a, a, a Professor X figure. Because it looks like he's sitting... Oh, that's Gorgon, right? <laughs> it looks like he's sitting in a wheelchair. Well, could be. I mean, Crystal controls the weather, <laughs> the, the elements. Gorgon's in a chair. You got Archangel flying in the air, you know? At least, though, when when Bendis did it, when he did the Mighty Avengers, he flat out said that Tony Stark was picking analogs to these other ones. Mm -hmm. I have to say, what is truly disappointing, I am very disappointed in two things in the Marvel Universe. Out of everything that I could be disappointed about, the two things, like I know they're going to make decisions that I hate, but the two things, one... Hickman is not slated for any book after this. And two, where is the Sentry? <laughs> where is the Sentry in all this? The Sentry is going to be in Contest of Champions. Is he? Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to read it then. <laughs> Doesn't mean I was not going to read it, but you just swayed me with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Sentry is one of there's a, there's like seven or eight characters that were named that are going to be in it, and he was one. So, um, is, uh, is, is Tiger in any of these? I've not seen her in anything. 
And I think I've only seen her in wasn't didn't she was she in an ep, in an issue of A Force? Yeah, I think so. I you know, it's it's sad. All these people, they're not picking the best characters. Well, we have to. She'll probably become an Inhuman, and we'll see her in one of these six books. <laughs> but seriously, she probably will become an Inhuman. I will be reading Karnak though, and we talked about that last time. Yeah, and that's what I like about Marvel is that they're willing to risk um, a little bit and go with some of these characters that, yeah, you know, they might only get, you know, 10, 6, 12 issues, but they're willing to kind of try something like a Karnak book or a Magneto book or Cyclops or Storm or, you know, some of these characters that you wouldn't think maybe would have a solo series. I like that. I, I like that too, but it, I, I don't know if it's going to make the money they, that they need. So, like, let's say, oh, well, we've come, a, we've rounded a corner, we're, we're doing it so that, you know, we'll try all these characters, we'll um, give interesting writers and artists a shot at these things. That sounds good, but the book's not going to last. But I think because... they know that going into it. I think they know, yeah, Karnak is probably going to be a 12-issue series. Cyclops is going to be 12 issues. Nightcrawler is going to be 12 issues. I think well, they then just... I, w- I wonder why... I... Do you think that they can afford that, though? Well, Like, okay, well, we have to finish the story, so let's assume that readership is going to drop off around issue 4 or issue 8, and we'll finish up around issue 12, and we'll just waste all that money with distribution issues 9 through 12. I don't think it's a waste. I think looking at what Marvel puts out is they very rarely put out a miniseries. Rarely do they say this is a six-issue miniseries. Anymore. Yeah, they don't do that anymore because they do these instead. When you tell somebody it's a miniseries, what lots of people hear is it's not going to count. It has no legs. It's just going to be a one-off, so why would I do that? But if you tell me that you're putting out a Karnak book that's an ongoing series, there is some thought process that... It's going to count. It might last. I'll give it a try. Well, if you if we know that most of these aren't going to last, then the ones that they're really pushing that we didn't know that they were really pushing, we got to go back and rebuy these issues. Say that again. Well, like, all right, Ms. Marvel is a bad example because they really pushed that ahead of time. But this uh, that from Inhumanity after Inhumans, right? They had that Inhumans book, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, ah. Whatever, it's not going to be around. So, and I don't care about these new characters. So, not a whole lot of people picked up, and now the characters are going to be in these two new in- Inhumans books. So now, are they? We're going to have to go back and like figure out what was going on with these characters and buy all these back issues. Which I don't know if that really benefits the company. Well, I don't think that's true though. When you look at a title like Uncanny X Force, which had Phantom X being in three different you know, forms. Now he's going to be in a new X-Men book with Magneto and Mystique and Psylocke. And people aren't like, oh, well, he's going to be in this new book. I didn't really take him seriously. I guess I need to go read Uncanny X-Force. I guess that's true. But I think that there was a time where that did happen. There was. I mean, and that goes back to your argument about why don't they have the little asterisk saying you can find out about this in this book. And I still think they should. I think, I think that might not be worth their time. Like, if 
How much time I mean, does it take? Well, for them to look up when the last time was and to be totally, uh, you know, very fluent in their continuity, it may take a lot of resources. And they, if they go back to a comic shop and they buy a back issue, they don't make any more money. Well, but I think when uh, – two points. The first one is when the writer's writing it, they know when that happened. They they know that Phantom X split into three people, and they're like, I just know it happened somewhere. Well, no, they probably know because they read it, you know, so they can easily say this happened in Uncanny X-Force 4 or, or whatever. Well, that's uh, – okay, go on with your other points. Sorry. And the, That's okay. And the second point is I think that's a really good way to foster a relationship with the comic shops who often have complaints about the various policies that Marvel has put into place for things like variant covers and exclusives and things like that. Say, right, hey, yeah, you have to buy so many of whatever. Yeah, I know you have to order 150% of Thor of your orders of Thor number two to get one variant of Old Man Logan 6. Like, I mean, we were at the, the Gem City Comic Con, and they were explaining the headache and the math, that you have to have a math degree to figure out how many you have to order. Right. to get this. Yeah. And I think that would just kind of be a good way to say, hey, we know that this isn't going to sell you a ton of back issues, but it's really not going to hurt us to put a four-centimeter box with an asterisk that says, see Uncanny X-Force number four. I wonder if the writers put it in, if the editors would take it out. I don't know. I wonder if it's a across the board we have to do it this way. You know, like in the in the little kids comics or the all ages they I find it more and it's more, you know, in the humor comics, you find it a whole lot more. Oh, you can find this and you know, whatever, some alliteration, you know, mm -hmm. but you got to think too, that it could also transmit, uh, transfer into new ongoing sales too. Because if you, you end up seeing an asterisk about, let's say uncanny X-Force four, I just keep using that. I don't even know what happened in Uncanny X-Force 4. But say you find an asterisk that says go to Uncanny X-Force 4, you're reading it, you see... Demon uh, Bear showed up. Yeah, okay. You see Demon Bear and Spiral and Puck and Storm and Psylocke. And for whatever reason, you connect with, let's say, Psylocke. But she wasn't in this first book that you read. You only found this book... Because there's an asterisk, and now you connected with this chick with purple hair and a pink knife. You're like, whoa, who is this Psylocke character? But then you see a brand new issue of X-Men, and this purple-haired lady with a pink knife is on the cover. Then you're going to spend three ninety nine because you just read this old story for a dollar in the dollar bin at Joe's Comic Shop, at DCB Service Comic Shop. And now you're going to buy this... <laughs> 399 issue which is a brand new sale and you're hooked on this ongoing I, yes but I think that the argument well I don't know I might be jaded I might be all full of my quota but the argument there is there's no compelling characters that are going to make you do that but what, what there's no new compelling characters that are going to make you go back now what well, doesn't have to be new well, I guess that's true. I mean, I'm using Psylocke as an example. Yeah. Uh, it could be any character. It could if if all you've read if all your exposure to comic books has only been Hulk and the Agents of Smash because that's what you watch on TV. And you pick up a Hulk book. 
uh, and the new Hulk book, you know, Future Imperfect. You pick up Future Imperfect, and there's an asterisk that tells you about Maestro and more about Maestro. And if you want to read more about Maestro, you need to read what Peter David was writing about him 20 years ago. And then you go and you pick that up, and you're like, holy cow, this Maestro is awesome. And then you go into the comic shop, you know, as you're leaving the comic shop with this Future Imperfect stuff from the 90s, and you see Contest of Champions, number one, that big green guy with the white beard is on the front, and it looks like Venom and Gamora are fighting too. Holy cow. Not only do I love Maestro, but I thought I remember something about symbiotes on Hulk and the Agents of Smash, and Gamora's green. Maybe she's a Hulk character too. I'm going to pick that up. <laughs> you know what I'm like, There's so much promotion that can be done from a little baby asterisk. I think it's silly that they don't take the you know the the millimeter of ink that it would take to put an asterisk and say uncanny x force 4 i think that uh it's a good idea I, I maybe maybe they've studied the market and they say that they you know that people are only reading new stuff and not back issues good but that's all that's at comic shows and people leave with boxes yeah yeah, but those are fanatics, fiends, if you will. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you look at some of the stuff out today, what are you left with? I would really love to get in. I know people hate the 90s comics, but I loved them. But in the 90s, all I read was X-Men titles. I would love to go back and read some 92, 93, 94, 95 Spider-Man books and Captain America books. And well, you know, that's what Jackie said. She said, if you're dropping all these books, maybe you'll have a chance to go back and read the ones that you like because yeah. they're not... And I said, yeah, you know, maybe. Well, you know, but they're all they're like brand new stories. When I bought that, that, that Spider-Man set that you wanted at that show like three years ago, yes. Well, yes. Like I bought that and I sent it to you, but I wanted to read it so bad. It looked oh. so good. I like that 90s art. I knew that the stories were going to have lots of exposition and character development and just 90s goodness. I would have loved to, to own that myself, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I want to go back and do that stuff if the new stuff's going to stink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and if Marvel doesn't get on you know they're going to lose readership if they do that they're going to lose readership of the new stuff that's making them money so you know if they got like we were talking about with uh new car or used car sales then maybe they would do it because they would get a penny for each you know each sale of an of an old book or something i don't know yeah i don't know what i'm talking no you do we just need to run the show at marvel Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell uh, Casada, and you can talk to Axel. Yes, Axel, if you're listening to this, so I'm sure you are. If you're on Meerkat, Axel, <laughs> give us a holla. All right. Well, uh, any other news? Did you see Fantastic Four? I did not. Did you? No, I did not. I'm I'm hoping next week. Oh, I'm not gonna pay money for it. Oh, really? You're not gonna You're not gonna go? No, I'm gonna wait until I get a red box code for a free movie. Uh... Okay, then. Well, that might push mine back, because I thought I was going to have to watch it for the show. Well, um, I mean, I feel like I know everything that happened already, because I've read so many reviews. And we actually have a review coming from Jason Edwards, hopefully this weekend. Uh, he All right. Just submitted it. I just got to edit it. And uh, once that gets posted, 
you know, I just I have not heard any compelling arguments that would make me want to spend twelve dollars to see it. Yeah, I don't know where you're going. That it costs twelve dollars, but that's a ripoff. Oh, in Beaver Creek, it's twelve dollars to see a movie. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. What about Kettering? Don't they have the uh, the cheap theater? The green? Oh, the well, cheap seats is in Huber Heights. Huber Heights, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, it'd be a long time, but still. I don't want Fox to have any of my money. I want Fox to say, we were wrong. <laughs> Here's the rights. <laughs> well, uh, do you have anything else before we <laughs> sign off? Well, just our Facebook page. In the past week, we've got um, 76, 77 new likes. So we are so close to 2,000, We can I can see it. So I can see it. I can taste it. I can feel it. Yeah, if you're listening 2, to this. Please tell other people about us and and share our Facebook page and come and visit us on our website. Uh, I would like also to say, give us an iTunes review. You know, mm. it's it's not hard to put five stars up there. It's not hard to say this is my favorite, bestest podcast in the world. I feel like I know these guys. I tweet at them. You know, we take windy walks. You know, it's it's not hard to do that. Come on, come on. Actually, that does really help us out. If you put any review, it helps us in the, in the search function. So uh, we'd like to make this podcast get big. So well, and and we are ranking um, when you type in Marvel six one six. If you do a search for that on Google, we're ranking number ten, which is better than eleven. And <laughs> on Bing, Bing dot com, we're ranking number four. Ooh, yeah. That, see, Microsoft, they have it. They got it. So they know what's up. Yeah, so definitely uh, feel free to do a search for Marvel 616 and then clink, click the link to our website. Go ahead and clink it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, this is Marvel 616 Politics. You can visit our website, marvel616politics.com. Email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at 616politics. Look us up on Facebook, as we just said, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Give us a call and leave us a message, and we'd love to play it on air, 616-755-TINA. You can also look us up on Instagram and on YouTube. Our handle is marvel616politics. And we are sponsored by dcbservice.com, discount comic book service, the best place on the interweb to get your books. You go there... And you can pre-order all your books. You know exactly what you're paying. 40% off, if not more. Sometimes they have bundles. Sometimes they have clearance up to 75% off on books. Uh, Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, crpsavings.com. A discount membership service for all of your purchases through Office Depot and Office Max. You're going to save a ton if you've got a CRP membership crpsavings.com and lastly we're sponsored by Michael Webb Solutions michaelwebbsolutions.com is your one stop for all of your SEO marketing and website needs michaelwebbsolutions.com alright well until next time make yours Marvel 616 Politics <laughs>